who God is matters for how you live. Who God is matters for how you live. When God is forgotten, idolatry becomes priority. When God is forgotten, idolatry becomes priority. God declares himself supreme, the only God. God is creator. God sets the agenda of life and all of reality. God is a deliverer, a rescuer, a savior. Jesus Christ is God, the Son, the Savior, the Lord and King. The Holy Spirit is with God's people. He lives in you and me. God sends out his church into the world according to God's word as disciples of Jesus Christ. God is the judge and the consummator of all time and all of history. And today we learn that God is to be known. God is to be known. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah. I'm going to read all of chapter 11 and verses, chapter 12, verses, two verse 4, 16 verses in Isaiah 11. And then I'm going to read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, not the fear of speakers. <laughs> His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the winged child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, 
the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathras, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The jealousy of Ephraim shall depart, and those who harass Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not be jealous of Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. But they shall swoop down on the shoulder of the Philistines in the west, and together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall put out their hand against Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites shall obey them. And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt, and will wave his hand over the river with his scorching breath, and strike it into seven channels. He will lead people across in sandals, and there will be a highway from Assyria for the the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. Isaiah 12, verses 1 to 4, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Our Father and our God, we come again this day to your word, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to give light that we would be changed, that we'd love you more and we'd walk out of here radiant with the light of Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Today, there are just three points that I have for you, just three The first is a picture of the good life, a picture of the good life. What comes to mind when you hear the good life? What comes to mind? Do you, like me, imagine a nice chair in the plush green grass under the shade of a towering maple tree, drinking a nice glass of southern sweet tea with not a care in the world? I love that, (laughs) y'all. Do you think of peacefulness, the gentle yet cooling breeze in summer? Do you long for no fighting, no contention, no pain, no more bills, no more worries, no disease, no death? What is the good life? Isaiah the prophet teaches you today about the good life. Look with me at the picture he paints in verses 6 through 8. He says in verse 6, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, 
and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. A wolf and a lamb, a leopard and a young goat, a calf and a lion lying together side by side. I once heard a man say, if you were to put that lamb beside the lion right now, you would have to keep replacing that lamb. (laughs) Why is that? Because that is not the day of the Lord. This right now, excuse me, is the, the, the good life. The good life in its totality is not now. It is yet to come. But it's not so in the day of the good life. In the day of the good life, a cow and a bear will live together harmoniously eating grass. Now, can you imagine that? A bear eating grass beside a cow, which could be a sumptuous steak or a delicious cheeseburger, a marvelous cheeseburger. (laughs) The bear doesn't opt for that. He goes for the grass in the good life. The cow will not have to run away trying to protect its life. Can you imagine a lion eating straw? Eating straw. Can you imagine a little child leading a lion? A child, lead a four-year-old leading a lion out in the field. What type of world has to exist for a weaned baby to play over the hole of a poisonous cobra, over the lair of a, 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 a viper? What kind of a world would that be? Isaiah tells us it is a world where, in verse 9, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. And on my manuscript here, this is highlighted. And some people write in their Bible, some don't, but I want you to underline this in your Bible. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That is wonderful news. That is wonderful news. Verse 9 is a promise of a world that will be. It is a declaration of a time that is yet to come, and it is a time that will absolutely arrive. Verse 9 in all of Isaiah 11 and chapter 12 to verse 14 is a vivid portrayal of the only real good life to come. This world will not be found in the empty promises of all the other religions and philosophies of our time. You're not going to find that world right now in any other religion or philosophy except, and I say it this way, except in Jesus Christ. I'm going to use a, a theological term for you. We live in what's called the now and the not yet. The now and the not yet. Right now, Jesus reigns from heaven. 
And yet we still see the reality of sin and pain in the world. We don't see the good life now just yet in its totality. But we do have vestiges of it right now in Jesus. This leads to number two. Where can this world be found? Number two, Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Number one, the good li- a picture of the good life. Number two, Jesus reigns. The picture Isaiah paints of the good life is that of a king and his kingdom. Isaiah's portrait of the good life is rooted in the eternal, the eternal perfect plan of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The good life is when Jesus reigns, when Jesus rules. The good life is the kingship, the kingdom, the lordship of Jesus the Christ. The shoot or the branch that Isaiah is talking to from Jesse is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of the shoot from the stump of Jesse. He is the branch from the root of Jesse that has borne fruit. And even in our time and until Christ returns, will continue to bear fruit for his kingdom. You'll remember who Jesse was. Who was Jesse? Somebody shout it out. Say it again without such shame. (laughs) I'm joking with you. He was David's father. That's right. And who was David? David was the great king of Israel, wasn't he? The great picture of this king, and yet a king who fell. But God made a promise to David that he would put a son on his throne who would reign forever. That is Jesus. God sent Isaiah to prophesy about the coming of an everlasting, holy, perfect king. This king will be like no other. Well, what does Isaiah tell us about this king? This king is the perfect judge. This king is the perfect judge. Verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight, this king, shall be in the fear of the Lord. That means he wants to do everything the Lord commands him to do. He will be obedient. He'll be obedient unlike any other you've ever seen. He'll be obedient unlike anyone else can to the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. And righteousness, I defined that several sermons ago, righteousness is the way of life that God defines. It it, It is morality, but it's more than that. It's the condition of rightness. With righteousness, the king shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. That means his word. You see that picture again in Revelation. 
and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. His word shall rule the world. That's the point. The word shall rule the word, the world. What does Isaiah tell us about this king? The king is a perfect judge. And number two, the king will be the light of the nations. Verse 10 says, in that day, the root of Jesse, Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Talking about Jesus, the nations wanting Jesus, the nations inquiring about this king of the good life, his resting place will be glorious. The third thing here, what does Isaiah tell us about this king? The king will establish his kingdom over all the earth. Verse 12 says, he will raise a signal for the nations, a sign, something that they can see, and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. His word shall rule His word will govern. His word will draw his people. His word will draw his people. The king will gather his people. Well, how will this occur? How will this happen? This leads to the third thing. God is to be known. God is to be made known through God's people. God is to be known And God is to be made known through God's people. Remember Isaiah 11 and verse 9. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Knowledge has to be communicated. Knowledge has to be communicated. Knowledge has to pass from one mind to another through words, through language. The nations have to hear about God. In order for his knowledge to cover the earth, that means the nations have to hear about him. Verse 4 says of chapter 12, Isaiah 12, And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. This is what the people of the Lord are saying. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. My professor, Dr. Douglas Kelly at RTS in Charlotte, once said two powerful statements in a class that I sat in with him. He said a lot of things that I like, but these two I, 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 I sort of tagged to remember them. I wrote them down. The first is the greatest thing Christianity has to offer is God. You ever think about that? The greatest thing Christianity has to offer is God. The one who formed the worlds. The one who allows you to keep taking breaths. The one who has forgiven us of our sins. He's washed our sin away. The devil may give you guilty thoughts about what you've done, but in Jesus... He's got, God has washed that away. The greatest thing Christianity has to offer is the God who made the world. 
The second thing Dr. Kelly said was the church exists to tell who God is. The church exists to tell who God is. But you can't tell the world who he is if you don't know him. If you don't spend time with him. This is precisely what Isaiah says in chapter 12 and verse 4. Call upon the name of the Lord. In your weak moments, call upon the name of the Lord, Christian. In your good moments, call upon the name of the Lord, Christian. When things don't go right on the job or in the family, call upon the name of the Lord, Christian. Call upon the name of the Lord. Make the Lord's deeds known among the people. That's evangelism, to use a technical term. That's discipleship. It's teaching people about God, telling people who God is. But often in this day and age, it seems we are afraid to talk about the Lord. And I'm going to say this. You may get mad at me. It'll be all right. I think that's because we don't spend enough time with the Lord. Proclaim, declare, tell out that God's name is exalted and is to be exalted. You know, Jesus Christ commissioned his church to make God known to the nations. And we still live under these marching orders today. When Jesus rose from the dead, he demonstrated that he is the king of everything. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Life and death are in his power, they're in his control, and they are according to his plan. You will not die until it is your time. My aunt died two weeks ago because it was her time. But while we live, believers, it's our time to tell out who God is to the world. Jesus gave explicit instructions to his disciples that will continue until Jesus returns at the end of time. You may say, now, Terrence, this is too simple. Yes, it is. It is. And in its simplicity, it can do wondrous things among you. These instructions explain how Isaiah 11 to chapter 11 to chapter 12, verse 4, will occur. And that's Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. I neglected to read that at the beginning, but I read it now. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, could you imagine? They've seen, these are the apostles, they've seen everything he has done. He's raised people from the dead. I was thinking about this the other day. I think I shared it with with James Olivari. We chatted about this. I think it is in Luke 7. I might be wrong. But Jesus is walking along and he sees the funeral procession. This widow, her son has died. And obviously the son was her livelihood. The one who brought home the bread. And Jesus walks up, stops the procession. Now, this man is dead, y'all, laying in, on, on, if you will, on the casket. They're marching to the tomb to bury him. And Jesus and his disciples are watching. He looks at this man 
And he speaks to the man, tells him to get up. And when you first look at that, you think, oh, okay. But I want you to consider it this way. And and I'm doing this because I want you to understand. He says, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me, the Lord Jesus says. Jesus is the God-man. And as he's looking at this dead man, he also sees his spirit in eternity. And the soul out in eternity has to do exactly what the giver of life says. Amen? The soul in eternity joins the body. And the Bible says the man gets up. All authority belongs to our king. All authority belongs to our king. And the king says, go therefore and make disciples, students of Jesus, of all what? Nations. This church loves missions, and I'm happy about it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, teaching them to observe, teaching them to observe. The great ministry of the church is teaching you all through the teaching ministry other ministries develop. The point is it must be anchored in the words of the king. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and lo, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Atonement, go and make disciples of all nations, starting right where you live, right where you work, right where you hang out. Atonement, we will teach and we will baptize. We will indeed teach and we will baptize. We will tell and teach others who God is. We will pray and trust God to keep people to know Jesus Christ. I said that wrong. We will pray and trust God to bring people to know Jesus Christ. We'll welcome them into our local church, which belongs to Christ. We will welcome them into our local church, Through baptism, we'll walk with them in discipleship that they and you and me will grow in Christian maturity. Atonement, go and make God known. Go and make God known. Take time to get to know him. Do that alone, but do it together. King Jesus has given us his marching orders. Go. And make God known. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your work. I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you that you are so patient with us. I thank you that you've given us light through your word so that we can live according to what pleases you. Lord, I thank you that you formed Church of the Atonement back in the 1940s. I thank you that this, the bride of Christ here in this local body is a light here in Silver Spring and Wheaton and the nations. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you preserve her, you keep her, saturate this church with your truth, that the lies of the devil will never get a foothold and Christ will be honored. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.